What is going on, everybody? That is right. We are back on the Sports Card Show podcast. Told you I might be able to slip one in, and we are slipping a show in today. Can't tell you how um, necessarily exciting or how entertaining it is. I say that every time, though. I do get emails. I do get tweets. I get DMs from people saying that the show is exciting. I'm not talking about just one people or two people or three people. I'm talking about multiple people. We're not talking about hundreds or thousands. I'm not, uh, you know, this isn't nationally syndicated across the land. But I, I will say that I get enough people saying that uh, the programs are entertaining enough that uh, I certainly don't mind coming back on here and slipping in a show. Going to talk about multiple things. Going to just try to hit. I have lots of topics here. Some of them are sports car related. Some of them not necessarily sports car related, but we'll try to hit on all of them uh, to try to keep things uh, interesting. Just give you a sliver, just a small taste, a sampling, an hors d'oeuvre of what we will be talking about on today's show talking a little bit i want to go a little bit more in depth on panini instant and this tops now idea i don't know if i've talked enough about that idea in itself so we'll talk about that and maybe some ways i'll try to remember this i say this now but i'll try to talk about some ways that you could like mimic this maybe there's i don't know of any ways right off the top of my head but i'll try to bs my way to an idea or two that maybe you could mimic this yourself We'll talk about scaling down your collection. No, that might not be uh, what everybody wants to hear, but maybe that's something you want to hear. It's the summertime. Maybe you're moving like me. Um, maybe you're not moving to a four-bedroom fortress on five acres. Um, you know, maybe you're like me. You're, you know, moving to a small house on a nice property, but small house. So maybe you don't got a lot of room. So we'll talk about scaling down your collection, getting in that mindset. I don't think it's that hard. I really think it's a mindset, though. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about redemption. I don't know if we talked about this necessarily in depth, but I'll talk about redemption card exchanging. I actually got an email. I need to get back to this guy. Um, But I got an email from an attorney um, that uh, wants more information about this, but, uh, about how you pull a redemption card. And then all of a sudden that guy doesn't sign or it takes a long time or whatever. And then all of a sudden the company starts offering you replacements and exchanges or, or substitutions for this redemption card. So we'll talk about that, whether that's something that, uh, you know, there's lots of things that we'll talk. I'll try to narrow down my focus there, but we'll talk about that. And I have a lot of other time. We'll talk about the NBA draft. We'll talk about the upcoming NFL season. We'll hit on a lot of this stuff. Very first, right off the bat here, um, I want to say that uh, this was a week or so ago, but there were some events that happened in Orlando, and by now everybody's familiar with what happened. I don't necessarily need to to go into that, but I just want everybody to know uh, if you're out in Florida, out in Orlando, maybe you're in Orlando, maybe you knew somebody, hopefully you didn't, um, you know, I hope this didn't, touch anybody more than it did uh, myself in the fact that uh, all the way out here in California, I felt what happened in Orlando. And maybe it's because, uh, you know, I've had the pleasure of growing up in the great state of California, had the, the pleasure of growing up uh, next door, basically, to San Francisco, which is one of the most progressive cities uh, in the entire world. And I'm proud to say that I am from a state that 
doesn't discriminate against uh, gay, lesbian. I mean, certainly there's people in California that discriminate against these people. I'm not going to say that that doesn't exist, but I, I'm proud that I'm from a state that has paved the way in a lot of ways um, if for gay, lesbian, transgender people that are question that are still questioning their gender. Um, all those groups of people are very much welcomed here in California. If you don't feel welcomed uh, where you live at this moment, uh, by all means, come here to California. We're, we welcome uh, all those people, anybody uh, with welcome arms. You can you can go to the bathroom uh, in any bathroom, uh, wherever you are here in California. If anybody gives you any problems with it, uh, there's probably you're not going to have to call police. You're not going to have to call security. There's going to be other people there that aren't going to stand for it. That's the kind of state we live in. I hope that uh, the events in Orlando uh, opened up the eyes. Uh, it was a crime that touched every nerve from race to religion, gun violence, gay and lesbian rights, uh, everything. Um, and it's a crime that we're going to be reflecting on, uh, much like nine 11 and, and, and that those tragedies. So I'm sorry. So, uh, those kind of events happen. Um, and, but I think it, if you do know somebody that this affected, uh, greatly, maybe take some comfort that, while I think the progress on, on things like gun control, things like that is going to be slow, uh, it, 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 we will progress as a nation um, accepting gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender people. They're, they're just like anybody else. They deserve to get married. They deserve to adopt children. They deserve every right as anyone else in this country and if you're out there listening to this and you don't believe in this you're quickly going to be in the minority i'm sorry to say and stay out of california because most people that live out here believe what i believe and that all people are created equal and everybody deserves equal rights so sorry a tragedy like that had to happen uh i just want to know let the people of Orlando and the, the state of Florida know uh, out here in California, we felt it. Uh, we felt what happened. And when I woke up that morning, I saw what happened. Uh, I still feel it now and it's hard to talk about. Um, so we'll move on. Um, Brexit. A lot of people probably didn't know what the heck this was. Woke up Friday morning, all of a sudden stocks. Believe me, I, I am, uh, I don't know. Maybe I have like angels floating up above looking down on me. I just happened to be buying stocks hand over fist in 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011. All during those years, I I didn't have enough money, literally did not have enough money to buy stocks. Then I stopped buying stocks, you know, not buying stocks hand over fist. Based on how much in, I started getting more income, but I started being a little more conservative with how I was spending that income on stocks. But, um, you know, I, I needed to buy a house this or wanted to buy a house this last uh, couple months. So I've been selling stocks hand over fist. Couldn't couldn't sell the stocks fast enough. Uh, and so 
luckily I got rid of, uh, I still have a lot of stocks. So I took a, a large hit today, certainly feeling it. Uh, certainly my lender wanted, my lender literally wanted to know, this is when you know you don't have a lot of income. I don't have a lot of income. I'll be honest with you on this show. Um, I don't, you know, a lender looking at, at my bank accounts and my income might be like, wow, this guy, how does this guy eat? But, you know, that I have, yeah, you know, I don't, you know, I take my the little money I make and I invest it with other people. And so when you look at that, things are good. Things are okay. And so, yeah, my lender definitely was questioning how how i was feeling this morning and i was feeling great uh things are good so but definitely uh this exposes how you need to have you need to be proactive in your account if you're an older person 50 60 70 years old i tell this to my uncle who just retired i tell this to my dad uh you know you need to be very careful with your money right now uh, and and not necessarily careful with your money you need to know how much risk you you're taking right now if you're close to retirement and you're looking at your account balance and you and you're treating that as cash you probably should just have it in cash or like gold silver that kind of stuff i wouldn't be a hundred percent in anything but cash at the moment okay would not be 100% invested in stocks. Definitely would not be 100% invested in like gold and silver. Although I do, I was buying silver coins last week. And if I wasn't buying a house, I would have been buying gold last week. Anytime you have these turmoil events, the downside risk is way, way, way riskier than your upside risk. Like if the Brexit vote, if uh, Britain had just voted to stay in, in the EU, the stock market had gone up Friday. It wouldn't have went up much or a Thursday. It wouldn't have gone up much Friday if they just voted to stay in. But obviously when the surprise happens, then you start seeing 15, 20% losses. And if you have $100,000, $200,000, a million dollars in your retirement account, and then all of a sudden you wake up and nine percent, eight percent, seven percent is gone, and you're 55, 59, 60 years old. Just be careful. Um, and if you're my age, 35 year old, this is the kind of stuff you need to be thinking about now, okay? I say this on a podcast, you might be trying to hit that. You know, I think there's a plus 10 button or plus 15 button on the iPhone where you, you can speed me up right now. But I promise you, you're, we're 35 now. We're, gonna, we're all going to be, if you're 35 now, 34, I'm actually 34. Um, I'm not that old yet. But pretty soon I'm going to be 65. I'm, I'm looking to, to withdraw this money. So the, the more aware of you are of it now, you won't, it won't all of a sudden surprise you that you can wake up one day and uh, Britain could leave the European Union and send markets in a turmoil. Now, I fully expect within a, a few weeks time, maybe even a few months time, a few months time, but maybe even a few weeks time, uh, things will things will be back within a few percentage points of where we were. It's no big deal. Uh, I wouldn't say it's no big deal, but, um, you know, it's kind of a knee-jerk reaction what we saw today. So 
don't don't be alarmed if you're if you're young like me. Don't don't be hitting the sell button unless you're trying to buy a house or something like that. Um, if you're older, 50, 55 and plus, you're close to retirement, whatever age it might be, you need to start really being um, being proactive with your risk management if you lost a lot of money today. Um, because I do, I will tell you, I will say this, I have money sitting in an account right now that um, is waiting to basically be my down payment for my house and kind of my closing costs and all that. And so that money's sitting there. And so you guys know me on this show. I can't just have cash sitting in a bank account. I've been investing that money. And that money, I actually, my portfolio went up about three and a half percent today. In the Obviously, I don't have my whole down payment invested in 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 treasuries. I have a treasuries, um, some low volatility stuff, and some silver is what I had it all invested in. Um, obviously, I don't have my whole down payment. That would be stupid. Um, but I have about 20, 25% of it invested in, in silver, um, low volatility, and treasury, short-term treasuries. And that stuff, that stuff went through the roof today. So point is, even in a down day like this today, if you were defensive, if you were really defensive, uh, you could have your portfolio could have survived, and actually, a good portion of my portfolio. I have AT and T, Verizon, uh, this company called Realty Income. Uh, the, all those stocks were break even or kind of even trended up today. So you could definitely per, per, uh, position your portfolio defensively and still earn dividends, still participate in the upside of the market as well. So just wanted to get that out there. NBA draft uh, looked like a good one. The Ben Simmons guy, if he looks healthy to me, doesn't look like he can shoot, but LeBron James couldn't shoot that well. Uh, Kobe Bryant airballed a couple shots in the playoffs before he learned how to shoot. So that's something that if he's, you know, and even Curry wasn't hitting 200 threes in, in a regular season in, until he started really practicing. So it's something if if he has the work ethic, he looked like to me athletically he could be a superstar, obviously, as most number one picks tend to be, unless it's like Anthony Bennett or something. Um Number two pick went to my Lakers. Uh, my boy from Duke, Ingram, looked pretty good to me. Looked like he had an incredible wingspan. He looked like his upside could be Kevin Durant. His downside could be he's more of a, a defensive player. You know, maybe a, a 13 point a game, get you a steal and a half kind of guy. Um, we'll see. So again, uh, with all these NBA rookies, it kind of depends on their work ethic. You kind of want to be digging on that. I think if you're investing a lot of money or if you're looking for like prospecting ideas, you definitely want to be looking more into these guys' work ethic. What are people saying? I like to hear about what coaches, especially like hardline coaches, um, say about these guys. Like a Scott Skiles. Like if a Scott Skiles is giving a guy a compliment – then he's probably practicing really hard. Um, some of these younger coaches, like Luke Walton, might give a guy a compliment in the media for another reason. But, um, you know, we're going off on tangents here, like coaching, you know, media tangents here. We might not want to go on. But NBA draft happened. Looked exciting for me. The second wave of this if you're not familiar, the NBA got a whole new TV contract. The NBA is going to get a lot more exposure. There's going to be more games on TV. There's going to be more like NBA Tonight kind of stuff on these networks because they need to make their money back uh, from how much they paid the NBA. 
a lot of that money is going to filter down or, you know, a portion of that money filters obviously to the owners, but a portion of it filters down to the players. So you're going to see a massive jump in the salary cap of the NBA this year. So you're going to see a lot. I think you're going to see, I don't know if you're going to see a lot of moving, like meaningful moving around where teams just totally change their face. But I think you're going to see a lot of like the rumor of that. And so just that, like the hot stove of the NBA, will keep it in the news, will keep it fresh, should keep whatever cards you might have that you're trying to buy or sell, should keep them relevant, uh, might not suppress the prices uh, as much. If you're looking for kind of like a summer swoon on certain guys, it might not happen. Uh, depending on what what is happening with teams. I know there's certain teams. Certainly uh, the Knicks got Derrick Rose. They're excited. I know I was looking at the Indiana Pacers roster, and their roster looks good to me. I'd be excited if I was a Pacers fan. Certainly if you're a Warriors fan, a Cavs fan, a Lakers fan, um, um, anybody, any of these teams, you're excited. Whoever Kevin Durant signs with is going to be excited. There's just a lot of reasons to be excited for the NBA. Um, and there's going to be a lot of movement, a lot of contracts, a lot of guys moving around, I think. Should create for a fun summer. Speaking of summertime, we've got uh, NFL approaching here just a few weeks away. I think they're already doing OTAs. There are already guys um, participating. The rookies are already participating, signing contracts and things like that. So it seems like obviously the NFL is kind of this year-round thing. But we get to this point where we start playing preseason games and so that's super important obviously for rookie cards and things like that and so um and obviously avoid kind of fading injuries and avoiding injuries certainly want to see that for the nfl for me this year i think um again uh, if i was a super cool podcast host i'd have a list of names here Uh, i'll go off the top of my head i'll give you a few guys um but second year guys I think what you want to do if you're a football guy and you're looking for that pop. Last year for me, it was Brandon Cooks. I remember I even outlined it on the sports card show. I bought some cards of his and I flipped them and I ended, I even have one left that I basically have netted out for free because I made so much money selling the other one I bought. So um, last year for me, it was Brandon Cooks. I can't say that I'm so in tuned right now with the, the, the NBA or excuse me, the NFL uh, that I am, that I can rattle off a bunch of names and situations really is what it comes down to in the NFL too. So, but I will say I saw Jay Ajay running back for the Bronco, not Broncos, the, the Miami Dolphins second year running back. Didn't get a ton of time. I don't think he's a long-term guy. Again, any running back in the NFL is not a buy-and-hold guy. You need to buy these guys, and the minute they get hot, the minute they have one good game, you need to sell their card. Two good games, sell it. You know, If you're worried, hey, maybe he has a great career, well, buy two or three of them and just keep one. Just keep one card, the one you like or the one you end up with, but sell the other three or two that you buy. So you can at least profit a little bit off of him doing well. Um, that's what I would do with Jay Ajay. I think he's a guy that people are probably not collecting right now. He's a guy that could get a boost. Um, again, I got to go Homer pick here, but I think you want to look at Tyler Boyd or you want to look at some uh, one of the other wide receivers on the Bengals. Um, could be Tyler Eifert again. He could re-solidify himself as a top echelon tight end. I think Tyler Eifert's a guy that's going to get a ton of 
of fantasy football love because it's like everybody knows Gronk is great. Everybody knows Gronk's a great player and you're going to have to pay in an auction format out the butthole for Gronk. But other than Gronk, where do you go at tight end? And that's where all the love and attention is going to be in fantasy football circles. And as we know, fantasy football is just a massive, just a billion dollar business. and And it drives a lot of attention. It gets a lot of people to know and care about Tyler Eifert. There's a lot of people out there that don't care about Tyler Eifert right now. But the minute he's on he or she's fantasy team, Tyler Eifert all of a sudden becomes their favorite player. And whether or not how much that trickles down into card sales and value, someone could do a study on that, I'm sure, and really scientifically break it out. But I guarantee you there's a correlation with that. So Tyler Eifert's going to be, in my opinion, just my my real layman opinion on fantasy. I don't even know if I'm going to play. I've told my wife I'm going to quit fantasy football. And this is a whole other story. You know, a whole other podcast of why I'm try- I've been trying to quit playing fantasy football. But... Um, I'm trying to quit playing fantasy football. It's kind of a family, you know, it's a family tradition. I have other members of my family that don't want to play anymore either. It's just one of those things. Um, but my so my layman trying to quit fantasy football opinion is that Tyler Eifert's going to be a hot commodity. I think so. Um, and with Marvin Jones moving on, I think even um, Sanu moved on from the Bengals. There's going to be some opportunities. And they threw the ball a lot last year. And uh, so that there could be some opportunities there. And you know, if the starter gets hurt there, they have a backup. That's the other thing with the Bengals, as we saw that either quarterback, in fact, I think the other one could 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 have won us the, the, the guy that played was going to win us the playoff game if it wasn't for a bunch of knuckleheads. Anyways, uh, NFL season again, this is Panini's exclusive year. Um, so we'll see how that works. I've been looking at the pre-sells. Oh God, some of this stuff. They it's like one autograph. It's like I've seen one autograph and then one memorabilia, and it's like they want ninety dollars wholesale for this stuff. I don't know. I don't, I really don't know. Golf, I'm sure, is going to be a popular. the The other kid that was drafted second, I'm sure, is going to be popular. Their their cards are going to be worth. I mean, I don't know. Their cards are already on the market. So, Ezekiel Elliott, to me, is the guy that all you got. If you're a breaker, if you're a dealer, if you work at Panini America, if for some reason you want all those people to do well, if you want a breaker to do well. If you want the industry to do well, go to church. You might, might, maybe do whatever. Maybe it's church. Maybe it's a, a private ceremony in your home. Maybe it's flipping a penny in a wishing well. Whatever it is, you need to pray. You need to hope Ezekiel it has a great season. If Ezekiel Elliott is ripping it off like DeMarco Murray, his cards are going to be worth a ton of money. Just a ton of money. Because Cowboy fans, I think, maybe I'm not reading the room right, but I think a lot of Ohio State fans would be in there buying for sure. Um, but I also think Cowboy fans are thirsty, kind of thirsty for a guy to, to to buy. Because chances are, for your Cowboy fans, you probably have Des Bryant already. You have some autographs, maybe some rookies, maybe some second year stuff. You have his stuff. By now, you have Romo. By now you have you had Murray and you had the other running backs they had before him. You've had and had those guys. 
So Elliot's really this this really fresh beast uh, that you haven't had maybe since Des Bryant really have gotten you excited uh, in Cowboy Land since uh, Des Bryant probably. So he could drive the whole industry literally. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, if his rookie cards are worth three four hundred dollars a piece, which they easily could be, uh, not all of his cards, but if his just base sticker at a three ninety nine is worth you know, $99, $99 and up, you know, boxes are going to sell for a lot of money. So we'll see if he twists an ankle. Again, I, I'm not hoping this happens, but if he doesn't play well, um, isn't quite the superstar I think he could possibly be, um, we'll see. But just based on what I know about Dallas's offensive line, and based on what I saw out of Ezekiel Elliott against top echelon college talent consistently week after week for like the last two years, if there is going to be a rookie running back that comes in, I'm not saying 2,000 yards, but if there is a rookie running back that's going to come in and maybe be considered a top five running back in his first season, Ezekiel Elliott certainly could be that guy. Um, Panini Instant. Panini Instant and Tops Now. I just, you know, I just wanted to talk about this a little bit. I just think it's, first of all, it's an interesting business model. I know that Panini's doing it with, they did it with the NBA Finals. They did it with the soccer. I think it's nice. I think it's, it's, it's okay. I think the problem I have, here's what I'll say about it. I don't have a lot to say about this, but here's what I'll say. I didn't like. I knew, I even said it on the show, I think. I was just waiting. I'm waiting for, you know, Panini to copy EPAC, waiting for Panini to copy Tops Now. They copy Tops Now because that was the easiest thing to do. The only problem I have with Panini is they don't, they almost never improve upon it. They copy, which is fine. No problem copying the industry or what's happening in the industry, mimicking what copy, mimicking, whatever, plagiarize, whatever word, whatever perspective you're coming from depends on what word you're going to use, but at least improve upon it. I don't think they improved upon it with Panini instant over tops. Now it doesn't have to be a lot of ways. Maybe I'm wrong. You can send me an email sportscardshow at gmail.com. You can send me a tweet at sports radio. Maybe they did improve upon it, but I didn't see print runs. So here's the deal. So say a Ronaldo instant or a Messi instant card comes out and it's selling on eBay all day for XYZ dollars. We'll call it $40 a pop. Well, what the heck is stopping anybody, including Panini themselves, from just printing more of these cards. I know tops now, the same thing could happen. Those cards might be serial numbered. I'm not 100% sure. I don't never bought one. I haven't looked into it that much. But if these cards aren't numbered, if they're not serial numbered, you know, what what stops the presses from being printed afterwards? So what incentive is it for me to really buy these cards on Panini Instant? I don't know. I I, I know from outside sources that these cards are um, selling. Some of them have been selling fairly well in the secondary market, so there's certainly an interest for them. Um, we'll see going forward, but I'd like to see Panini at least try to 
if you're going to mimic it, mimic all the things that are necessary. I think you need to, they, they, they mimic the quantity discount. So you could buy one for 10 bucks, but you could buy five or more for another price. I think that's perfect. You need to mimic that. You need to mimic that it's only available for 24 hours. That's fine too. Create some scarcity and some demand and some rush and some opportunity uh, for people that want to buy these. But the I thought the print runs and, and tops supplying those the day after or whatever, whenever they start supplying. They, it seems like they, they update that pretty quickly. You got to mimic that too. So that, that was my problem. That's what I wanted to say. I think uh, hopefully what I would do, maybe Penny, maybe I'm, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm talking about something that's already happened. Maybe they added the print runs. Maybe that wasn't something I saw right off the bat. Again, I'm going off of what I saw a couple days ago, going off what I've been informed, but I haven't seen the print runs up there. That bothers me. I think that needs to be fixed. Otherwise, hey, whatever these companies do, it's going to get copied and mimicked by, by the next company. But but before before I move on, I just wanted to, to touch on just how I could tie that into... I think... If you're a seller, you're a dealer, you're somebody, even if you're not like trying to make this, I mean, I think that that population's out there that is very small. People that make this like their full-time living, but there are a lot of people that make this kind of just, even if it's just side income to buy more cards, I think you just want to be aware of what these companies are doing. They're going uh, right to the consumer. These, these dollars don't come out of thin air. So the money that is being spent on Tops Now cards is not necessarily new money. Uh, it could be money that was going to be spent on cards on eBay or cards on checking my cards or cards on um, a forum or something like that. So, or a spot in a group break. So there's all these polls um, that are coming at collectors. You as a seller, if you want to be on the cutting edge, if you want to try to put yourself in a really good position you want to try to innovate somewhere here you want to try to innovate i think a re repackaged product where you were innovating on the epac idea or even the tops now idea or a combination of the both i think would be more compelling than kind of the epac or the repack idea that happens now where you acquire a Chris Bryant type card or you dangle out a couple cool cards or you have a couple good uh, products that a good series of products like maybe like I don't know this for a fact but Super Break I think has built up a reputation so um, you can come out with a product and people might buy it for for whatever reason but um, if you're new or you're trying to innovate, uh, I think there's definitely some ways to innovate out there. Uh, it's just a matter on, on whether or not you want to take that risk. Moving on to, we'll talk a little bit about scaling down. So I'm certainly in the process of like packing stuff up, throwing stuff away, putting stuff literally in the fireplace and lighting it on fire. Uh, certainly doing that with, with cards and things like that. I've been doing that with cards for, for a long time. I've been trying to scale back, certainly with something like check out my cards. I, I mean, I don't want to be a billboard for these guys, but this is one way it's helped allow me to buy cards and 
again, it's not, I don't have a, a bubble mailers flooding my inbox and my wife saying, Hey, what, what is that? What is that? What is that? Um, you know, if it's not a Joe panic card, she's not going to, she might not, uh, might not appreciate it. You know, might be my boy, uh, might be my boy, Andy Dalton, but, uh, she doesn't find uh, the red hair attractive. So I can't get away with those purchases. So th- those kind of things can happen. So we might have to scale down. And really what I think it is is a mindset. Um, a lot of collectors I talk to, young and old and, and, and in this for a while, in this for on and off, a lot of people have that mindset that I need to buy it. I need to buy it. I don't think you necessarily need to buy, uh, need to buy anything uh, in this hobby. I think what you could do is focus more on what you really need, uh, what you really want. And what I mean by that is start to narrow it down. Start to um, start to narrow down your focus. And maybe you do maybe you do end up getting a lot of cards. Maybe you end up buying a lot of cards. Maybe you're a set buyer or you're a set builder. So you do acquire lots of cards at, at one time. Um, but I would like to see you be very intelligent about your purchases, thinking about what season, what time you're buying these. Maybe there will be other times to buy them. Certainly if it's not a one-of-one card or a one-of-a-kind card, and those cards are getting harder and harder to find these days. Certainly if it's not one of those type of cards, I don't see any necessarily reason to uh, pay top dollar or get in a bidding war or anything like that for any particular uh, card. You certainly can wait for the guy's career to cycle through a little bit as well. If he's younger in his career, I was picking off Derek Jeter cards for 20 cents a piece. I, I think I bought 80 of them for 20 cents a piece on check out my cards. Remember it's 25 cents to send a card in to check out my cards. So do the math, you know, how much am I really paying for that Derek Jeter card? Um, or really, how much is someone paying me? Even though I paid 20 cents, quote, paid 20 cents for that Jeter card. Really, how much is actually someone paying me? Uh, depends on how you look at it. How is someone? How much is someone paying me to actually buy that card? So that's the way I look at it. Um, and certainly Jeter's cards, I've actually noticed Jeter cards, I, they, they, they're certainly not cheap. They're certainly not uh, you know, affordable necessarily, but they're not flying off the shelf certainly in his last year i think last year at this time we're kind of in the process of his like kobe bryant farewell moment so certainly there was a lot of attention a lot of people probably accumulating his cards at this time i think we've certainly seen it cool off just a little bit but i'm a buyer anytime it's 20 cents i'm a buyer so um so i'm a buyer as i'm in a segment about uh, scaling down but um you know, I pick and choose my spots. Am I buying 80 cards of Matt Olson or some guy nobody's ever heard of? No, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm only trying to focus on Derek Jeter's and the, and the higher end, higher end player. Buster Posey was another player I picked off quite a few of his cards uh, this last week. Obviously, I'm, I'm biased towards him, but uh, he, he's in quite good standing out here on the West Coast. So, um, 
What I would do is maybe really, again, really identify those cards that you really want. Maybe every year it comes around you want. Uh, maybe now it's Pinini Immaculate or maybe it's still National Treasures. Maybe it's the Bowman Chrome uh, rookie cards. Maybe it's uh, Topps Chrome. Maybe it's Topps Update and Topps Series 1. You like breaking this stuff. You like putting together the sets. Maybe it's just certain players, just whoever you're a fan of the Cardinals. So I think Piscotti is kind of the guy that's kind of new on that team or newer on the major league team. So you're, you're you know, going back through his, his, I think he has 2015 stuff and, and, and 2013 stuff that you can collect of his. So you're going back through doing that. Whatever it is, kind of narrow it down. I think identify what you really want. Start there. If you have the money, have the energy, have the desire after that, uh, after you've started at the top of your budget, I would start there, save up your money, buy the top end card that you want, and then kind of work back from there. That's kind of what I would do. That would be a way to scale back. Typically with those things too, you might need to save up over the course of a few weeks or a month or maybe even a year, depending on how expensive it is or how hard the card is to acquire. Um, I would take joy in the process of shopping, kind of, you know. Uh, if you had unlimited budget, if you had like an American Express card, you never had to pay back. Yeah, it'd be great. You know, you could buy whatever you wanted and it'd show up and you never had to pay for it. If you're a millionaire or whatever, that, that's probably what it'd feel like. But I don't know. I think there's sometimes some fun in having a budget or having some limitations or waiting for that card that doesn't have a a signature that has bubbles in it or doesn't, you know, the signature really is perfect or waiting for one that is graded nine, five, 10 or whatever it is. So definitely wait for those moments. Be patient, take joy in being patient. Um, You know, if you find that you have to be patient too much, broaden your horizons a little bit maybe you know maybe you're maybe the one player you're focusing on only has one or two good cards or his cards don't come out till december or until he gets called up so i get it um to hold you over doesn't mean we necessarily need to buy a box or a case and just boom 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 kind of start stacking cards up Definitely keep it under control. I think that's definitely good uh, long-term advice for this hobby. Uh, I'm certainly not trying to discourage anybody. You want a box of cards? You're at the shop. You want a pack? You want, you're want you at Target? I'm not discouraging you from, from making a purchase. I'm just saying look at it in the long run, 10, 15, 20-year collector time frame. And what box do you want to be sitting in front of you? We see over the course of 20 years, we've seen lots of, I saw a picture the other day of Kobe Bryant's rookie year. It was 20 years ago. And there was Stefan Marbury and Allen Iverson and Antoine Walker, Steve Nash, Trace, not Tracy McGrady, but there was a lot of great players in that draft. A lot of great players in that draft. But how many of their cards now are really collectible? I know Allen Iverson cards are still worth money. These guys' cards are worth money. But Kobe's cards are really the only ones that are really worth a lot of money. Um, so, And have consistently been worth a lot of money. 
So definitely be thinking about that as you scale down. Identify those players that really are, really are great, really truly are great. And it's harder than harder than it seems. More luck, probably more luck there than anything. Last topic. Finally, we'll move on to not scaling down. I'm talking about that. Uh, redemption uh, exchanges. So this might be something that you're not aware of or you 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 um, are aware of. You might not have come across it very often. Maybe you haven't got open enough uh, product, but you might come across it one day where you open up a pack and you get a, a, a card and it's a redemption card. Maybe it's for Hank Aaron. Maybe it's for Hank Nobody. But you redeem it and tops after eight weeks and after eight months and after uh, a year or two. And I've seen three and more years go by. The guy hasn't signed. The card hasn't been made. Sometimes it's a dual autograph. And it's like one guy might have signed. But to get the second guy to sign is very difficult. So, and we've gone over on this show the, the number of reasons why why this happens. But it's, it's difficult. It's a tough situation to be in as a collector and certainly as the company too. Uh, I truly believe it's their obligation to to treat you in the, in those situations. They need to way over deliver. I see on forums where guys are like, "Hey, I did great." They ask me, "Who's my favorite team?" And for me, if I'm a if I'm a Giants fan, if I'm a Lakers fan, if I'm a team like the Oklahoma City Thunder or the Cavs or the Warriors, certainly. If I'm a fan of one of those teams and I'm trying to exchange a card that's worth a lot of money, okay, I'll, I'll take, if I have a Barry Bonds autograph redemption, I'll, I'd probably take a Buster Posey for it. You know, would I take a Brandon Crawford or a Brandon Crawford, a Joe Panic, and a Brandon Belt for a Barry Bonds? Probably not. If you're a fan of the, I don't want to make fun of anybody's team, but if you're a fan of, one of these teams where you're rebuilding and you have no superstar players and you tell tops, oh yeah, I'm a fan of this team that is, is two and 15 right now. Well, what, what is top that that's letting tops off the hook. If tops asked me who my favorite teams was, it's going to be Yankees, Cubs, Lakers. Uh, that's it. You know, teams with superstars or whoever they have contracts with too that you might be able to look into that whether it's panini or top if it's panini what i would do is i would say whoever andrew luck plays for so the colts they have players for the cow i think they have kyrie irving they have kobe they i don't know if that relationship stays but oklahoma city thunder too if i'm requesting cards i want cards of those players um whether i'm a fan of them or not because I think sometimes when I'm reading on forums, sometimes I feel like guys' judgments gets clouded because he likes the team, he likes the guy. Where it's really not really a fair deal, you know, in a lot of cases. You're trading a superstar for five guys that are going to be nobodies in, in a few years. You know, your team's going to trade or in the process of trying to trade the guy. And here you are happy about subbing a Hall of Fame guy for for a nobody, a bench player. So I don't like that. For me, I would hold out for as long as possible and for as much as possible. 
I would o- I would always try to throw something in at the end. Okay, remember, Tops is offering you, offering you. When they send you an email, you should never just accept that. That that's an offer. You if you want to accept it, I would accept it and say at at the very least, I would say. I will take that if you send me, I would go to tops.com and see what they have there. If they have blasters of Bowman, if they have a blaster of whatever it is, I would at the very least throw in a $20 blaster box at the very least. And if you're not happy with it, don't take it. Counter back with just, I mean, I'll give you the example. I just bought a house, just bought a house. They listed it for three twelve, three hundred twelve thousand dollars. I offered two seventy something. Twenty cent. We're talking not twenty thousand. We're talking like forty thousand dollars, fifty thousand dollars less. Okay. You got to think that seller must have thought I was crazy. Ultimately. Ultimately. Uh, I ended up buying the house much closer. I don't actually don't know that. I would tell you the final price. I actually don't know it. Still in the process of figuring out what I'm actually going to pay for the house, but uh, far, far closer to my number than what the seller was asking for. So same position as Tops. Tops offers you X, Y, Z for your uh, Hank Aaron or Willie Mays or whoever it is, Joe Blow, Joe Prospect that never made it up, autograph card. If they offer you something, that's like that's like a seller listing a house and putting a price on it. That's that's what they're asking for it. Make sure you that you go through a full negotiation process before you accept anything. And I understand a lot of you guys do this. But if you're new in this hobby, this could be a new concept to you. Don't let these companies make you feel like you're obligated or that you have to take these offers that they send you. Make sure you get the best of it. If you don't feel like you're getting the best of it, stop communicating with them. That would be my very first thing. Do not communicate with with, with them anymore. And just wait wait a few days. Because there's no pressure. The card's not, you know, it's not going anywhere. It's obviously not there. So it's not going anywhere. Just wait a few days. Wait a week. Wait two weeks. Whatever it is. Let yourself think a little bit more clearly. Um, people do this again with homes. I made an offer on this house months ago. Didn't go through. Had to make another offer on this home. I've had a lot of time to think. Do I want to pay this amount on this home? Not only pay this amount, I'm going to have to put another forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 into it. Do I want to pay that amount? That's ultimately what I'm paying for this house. Do I want to pay that amount? I've had a lot, a lot of time to think about it. And the conclusion I've always come to is yes, yes, yes. I'd actually, yes, I do. So if you come to that conclusion, is this offer good? Is it good? Check eBay, check Terapeak, check all the prices, run it by people on forums, run it by a third party, run it by me. Send me an email. Send me the deal you get. And I'll tell you whether I take it or not, whether I think it's fair or not. But definitely the, the forums, the blowout forums and the freedom cardboards and the Beckett forums and things like that. Um, I don't even know if Beckett forums still exist. But the forums are, that still exist out there, sports card forum, that still exist, 
by all means, take it to the forums and see what they say too. But um, my best advice is, again, when you have a redemption card, it's not being redeemed. If you do want a replacement, even if you initiate that process, remember that you are the you are in the driver's seat because if they offer you something and the deal gets close gets real close to them getting off the hook from having to to send you anything that they can't fulfill when he gets really close you can always say oh no no I, that's not enough if you're not willing to throw in a $20 blaster and another guy on on my indians then i'll just wait that tops my tops might probably will call your bluff but i'd rather them do that than get something that i don't want get stuff that i don't need get the bad end of the deal when tops should be taking care of me tops should be sending over a beautiful blonde to be taking care of me because of this and that's probably taking it too far but uh in other industries that happens okay not not that necessarily but uh, you know that kind of service happens in other industries and uh, clearly we've gone off the deep end so we'll, we'll close things out so hopefully this one again i snuck this show in um hope you guys enjoy it it's so hot in my apartment so i've got to stop um at this point our next show coming uh next month more than likely and it'll be our i believe it our eighth year anniversary so it'll be a pleasure to uh, be with you guys then thanks for tuning in to uh, this show we'll be back some other time some other place but until then thanks for all the encouragement the tweets uh the dms the emails the um text messages i get from people that know my phone number Uh, Thanks for them all. I really appreciate that. I say that every time, but I really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back soon. But for now, we are out of here.